0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 125 of Swift Cast. This is Ashley. Adam. Haley. And Steph. And you guys are not going to believe this crazy exciting piece of news that I just read. What is it? Okay magazine has the exclusive scoop that Taylor and Calvin are planning a wedding and a baby. <gasps> what? Wow. They're hoping for a boy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, like, what?
1: And also, they're going to have a $2 million ceremony in England with 450 guests, 14 bridesmaids, and she's changing her name to Taylor Harris.
2: <laughs>
0: wow. I mean, the world tour wasn't keeping her busy enough. She just had to plan this wedding.
2: Yeah. I mean, imagine, like, Staple center sold out by taylor harris (laughs) no (laughs) just no
0: i mean why would she want to keep her name like it's not that well known
2: yeah nobody will remember taylor swift
0: i just i can't even i really don't even get how tabloids are allowed to do this i mean i know that they can write whatever but it just always boggles my mind that they'll just say anything
1: Yeah, it's just blatant lies. You're right. How do they get away with it?
0: And they're making money off of it. Like, can we start a magazine and just, like, make up random stories and people will buy it?
2: (laughs) OK Magazine has always been one of those magazines that has a bunch of just pure lies, nonsensical things. I'm sure they get sued a lot, but they're still running.
0: And then just today, there was a Facebook post I saw. I forget which publication it was from, but it was like, OMG, this couple just tied the knot. And then it was like pictures of four couples so that you want to know who it is. So you click on it. And of course, they put Taylor and Calvin in one of the pictures and it was about Usher. But I'm like, everybody will do whatever they can to just use her name to make money. It's sad.
2: It's so true.
0: And yet, everybody also will pick on her for things that they wouldn't pick on any other celebrity for.
2: Exactly. Everybody wants some kind of connection with her name. And yet then they just make up all these terrible lies and pick on her for the just the stupidest things.
0: And that's why we have this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's been tons of news, so much going on this week, starting from the beginning of the week when Ryan Adams dropped his full remake of the 1989 album and then So much going on as a result of that. And then the Nashville shows just happened. Ashley was there. That's why she's not here now. And my head is spinning. I can't even keep up with all this. It seems like Taylor's been on Twitter nonstop.
2: She has been. People were joking around that she promoted Ryan's album more than her own.
0: I felt like she was spamming us with all the retweets.
2: There were so many. If you get notifications from Taylor... Your phone probably was dinging all day.
0: And someone joked that maybe she's trying to make us feel how she feels when we spam ourselves to her on Tumblr. (laughs) I really can't argue with that.
2: Whatever she's doing is working, because as we'll talk about later, Ryan Adams 1989 is tearing up the charts already.
1: Yeah, and random side note about that, I guess it could fit in here. I read online that... Ryan Adams, 1989, will be eligible for the upcoming Grammys, which I believe are in February. And people were just kind of freaking out, like, what if they are head-to-head against each other in a category? Isn't that crazy? That'd be really interesting.
0: (laughs) You know, I was going to save this for later, but I just have to say it now, because as soon as I saw this, I was like, it's so true. Someone on Twitter said, isn't it just ironic how... A lot of people are calling this album a masterpiece and like all these amazing things. But a lot of people call the original 1989 like a guilty pleasure, basically.
2: You mean when it first came out, they called it a guilty pleasure or now they do?
0: I'm not sure what the person meant, but I guess both. I mean, I know there have been a lot of people who've been sort of converted to liking Taylor now with this album, but I also feel like a lot of people say like, oh, shake it off it's my guilty pleasure, you know, like. They'll say they like it, but there's still a connotation of it's not cool to like it.
1: Well, Shake It Off is so not representative of the whole album that I think it's kind of an outlier. And I think as we might have mentioned a few episodes ago, I think it was Billboard magazine put out an article just kind of guessing at what might get some Grammy nominations and 1989 was listed. And I think I know what you mean about it being a guilty pleasure, but... I think the album as a whole is just so well done. And it maybe has that guilty pleasure song, Shake It Off, which was the song of the summer last year. But I don't know, we'll see.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I agree that it should be nominated and everything. But I guess my point was that this person was saying, and I kind of agree that people were quicker to praise Ryan's version, whereas people were sort of more reluctant to admit that they like Taylor's version.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like what we said in the intro, how no matter what Taylor does, people still want to tear her down. It's almost like she's still not cool enough. You have to sort of be like a closeted fan because you're afraid that if you say that you like her, then people will judge you or something. It's very odd. And I don't know why. I would say maybe people think she's an artist who's for what they always say, little kids, and she only writes about breakups. And boys, you know, the typical things we always hear about. But I feel like at this point in time, she should be so far off from all of that stuff. It should no longer even be an issue, but for whatever reason it is, and maybe that's why people are hesitant to be known as a fan. I don't know. Well, hopefully
0: him doing this will expose even more people who hadn't yet given some of the songs a chance to be more open to them.
2: Yeah, definitely. I actually had a friend of mine who knows I'm a huge Taylor fan talk to me and said he never listened to 1989 when it was Taylor because he classified it as bubblegum pop quote unquote. But when Ryan Adams came out with this he found it on iTunes he has this free thing through iTunes and he listened to the whole album and he said he absolutely loves it. So I said, you do realize Taylor wrote every one of those songs, and so you really should give her more credit than Bubblegum Pop, (laughs) which I think he's coming around.
0: Well, we're definitely going to talk more about the whole album later and what we thought of some of the individual songs, but for now we have a ton of really awesome
2: older tweets. Yeah, this first one is from September 25th of 2008, and it's not a tweet because in 2008, Taylor was really into MySpace. So this is actually a post on MySpace. She wrote this post about how she's been writing since she was very small. And then she finally got to go out on tour. And she's been busy on tour. And then a show came out called Grey's Anatomy. And she explains that it came out the same time her world was starting to change. And She just relied on the show. Anytime she felt alone or stressed out, she would watch them. And she had all the DVDs on her tour bus. And she also mentioned that when Denny died in season three, she couldn't stop crying for days. And it was borderline embarrassing. So she found out that she was going to have her song, White Horse, on the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy. And she said that She started jumping up and down and hugging people she didn't know in the hotel lobby and sobbing hysterically. And it was the best day ever. And so she was just telling us about how Whitehorse was gonna be on. And it feels like this was just yesterday. I can't believe this was so long ago. And look at what she's done now. Now she has a cat named Meredith Gray. And (laughs) Meredith Gray was in her music video, Ellen Pompeo.
1: And wasn't there a part of a vlog that she did when she was doing all those vlogs where she was watching Grey's Anatomy in her tour bus and the song came on and she kind of just jumped around and went crazy?
0: Yeah. And then White Horse went on to win one of Taylor's first Grammys. Yeah. All because of Grey's Anatomy
2: (laughs) and the fact that it's an amazing song. It really is. I'm so glad she actually sang it on this tour in L.A.
1: I bet if you ask a lot of people, maybe not huge fans like us, but if you ask some fans what songs Taylor has won Grammys for, I don't think they would come up with White Horse.
2: You're right, I really don't.
0: They'd probably say, like, we're never ever getting back together.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Love story. They probably would say that. I don't even know that they would come up with Mean. Definitely not safe and sound. Mm -hmm. I love that she brought White Horse back in LA. I think it was such a perfect choice. And the fact that she sang it with Uzo, who is on another one of her favorite shows, Orange is the New Black.
0: And I've always thought that while some of Taylor's older songs are kind of a different attitude towards relationships than she has now, I feel like that song... Is kind of timeless. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, I think a lot of her songs about, I don't even want to say chasing boys, but you know what I mean, songs about the boy that she had a crush on in class, she feels like she doesn't relate to now, but I feel like White Horse kind of has a message that can relate to any age.
2: Yeah, like if you compare Teardrops on My Guitar to White Horse, I think most people would agree White Horse, probably any age range, could relate to it.
0: Well, I'm glad she's kept it around. I know she played it a couple times on the Red Tour, so I feel like she'll always pull that one back out every so
2: often. I hope so. Although, now that I'm talking about teardrops, I want to hear that too. It's been so long.
0: That could be a whole other discussion. <laughs> well, our first actual tweet from the older tweets is from September 26th, 2009. Watching music videos on the bus with Kelly Pickler. The best days of your life just came on. The guy got hit by a bus. We giggled.
2: If you haven't actually seen this music video, you should definitely watch it because Taylor actually co-wrote the song and she's in the video.
1: I forgot about that song just until we read this tweet right here. I'm gonna have to go watch that video later.
2: It was a good song.
1: Our next one comes from September 23rd, 2009. Bought spiced pecan pumpkin bread mix at Williams-Sonoma. I baked it and made cream cheese icing. So good. Fall baking. Eee. (laughs)
0: I'm sure she said it exactly like that.
1: (laughs) Hey, it was a bunch of e's and exclamation points. That was my best attempt.
3: That's acceptable. I wonder if she's still baking in the fall. She's probably already on Christmas stuff by now. She probably is.
2: If you've never tried her chai tea cookies, you should definitely try those.
3: I can't wait to make those again.
2: They're good. They were a huge hit when I made them. And her chocolate chip pumpkin cookies. Just Google them and you'll find the recipes. They're all good.
3: Our next week comes from September 22nd of 2009. And she says, I'm wearing Argyle socks. It's going really well. I think I'll do it again sometime. (laughs)
2: and our next one is from the day before september 21st 2009 taylor tweeted just picked out the exact dimensions of my future fireplace it was exhilarating so i was wondering if this would be a fireplace that she has in nashville
0: i would think so because she moved into that apartment in 2010 i believe right The next one is from September 23rd of 2010. Just played an acoustic show with Chris Christopherson, Emmylou Harris, Vince Gill, and Lionel Richie. It was one of those magical nights.
2: I actually don't remember this.
0: Yeah, I don't remember anything about this show.
2: I feel like I failed as a fan because I just don't remember this happening.
1: (laughs) The next one comes from September 22nd, 2010. Walked out of my room and my mom says to the hair and makeup team, you guys sure got your work cut out for you this morning, don't you?
0: <laughs> I'm dying because I can imagine exactly how Andrea said that. She's so funny when she gets sassy.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about the robe thing.
3: <laughs> Our next one comes from September twentieth of twenty eleven. She goes winding down from a loud show in Louisiana, on my bus eating candy out of a bowl like it's Halloween.
2: Our next one is from September twenty fifth. 2012. Just clipped my cat's claws all by myself. Didn't get mauled. Celebrate life's little victories.
3: That takes skill. Especially now that she has two. For some reason, I see Olivia being a lot calmer than Meredith. I
2: think so, based on the tour videos. Actually, speaking of that, do you think when Taylor got that huge scratch on her leg and, you know, the you owe me $40 million, Meredith. Don't you think that probably was the day she shot that for the tour video where she has Olivia and Meredith at the end of the show? It could have been. Because, I don't know, I thought it's the timing probably lined up and looked like she was in some sort of studio.
0: Makes sense. I love that clip on tour, but I also hate it because it's the last video.
1: It is.
2: (laughs) So depressing.
0: So I get really sad for like 10 seconds and then "Shake It Off comes on and then I'm happy. And then five minutes later, I'm sad again. (laughs) The level of happy fluctuates depending on the color of her outfit.
2: (laughs) Pink! Ashley does love the pink one.
0: I love it. And I feel like I haven't seen it enough. I haven't seen the blue enough either. I don't see the blue as much as I do the pink and the green. The green is definitely worn the most. And Ashley hates it. (laughs) If it was only the green every night, I think I'd be fine. But just because I know that the others exist and I love them so much more, it makes me upset.
2: I think she likes the green because it reminds her of growing up on a Christmas tree farm. She looks like a Christmas tree. Well, she's been
0: sneaking in new outfits at seemingly random shows. Yeah, she has. We'll talk about Nashville in a little bit, but it's very exciting to me. It's like you're looking through pictures and then it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, the next tweet is from September 20th, 2013. So this was at the very end of the Red Tour. She tweeted, uh-oh, realizing you're actually really sick on the day of a sold-out show is a whole new level of stressful And I remember sitting outside Bridgestone Arena when this tweet came up and being really scared she was going to have to cancel or something.
1: Ooh, that would be really scary.
3: You looked at me, you're like, oh my god. And we're like, what? You're like, she's sick. And we're like, what do you mean she's sick?
0: I felt like if she was tweeting it and telling people, it had to be really bad. She killed it, though. All three nights. One of my favorite memories from those shows is when she had to stop to blow her nose. <laughs>
2: yes. That was the final night. I'm sorry, guys. I really got to go blow my nose. Keep screaming.
1: And our last one for today comes from last year, September 19th, 2014. I was so happy tonight. It made it impossible to remember the times in the past that I haven't been. Hashtag iHeartRadio.
0: That's my favorite quote of all time of Taylor. Because she's happy. I don't know. I just, I use that quote so much.
2: It really describes any time you get to go to a Taylor concert or anything like that.
0: It really does. I probably overuse it, but it's like anything with Taylor makes you a level of happy that just nothing else can. Agreed. Well, now it's time for
3: some news in Keeping Up With Swift. Our first one is that the gold record that Taylor gave to Eric Church after replacing him as a Rascal Flatts opening act, is now on display at the Country Music Hall of Fame. Which, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool, I mean awesome. The problem with this
0: is that every time I go to Nashville, even if there's only like one minor artifact added, I have to pay and go see it.
2: (laughs) Me too. I think the Shake It Off cheerleader outfit is also now in the education center.
0: I hope that... The pink, blue, and green shake-it-off costumes will be added to it when the tour is over.
2: That's an interesting question. I wonder if the Country Music Hall of Fame would do an exhibit on the 1989 tour like they did for Speak Now. I'm guessing no.
0: I don't know if they would do a whole exhibit. They should if they're smart, but I definitely think they'll have items from it.
2: Yeah, if they were smart, they would do it. I just don't know if, because she's pop now, I don't know whether the country music hall of fame would have an actual exhibit but when the speak now exhibit was there they had the highest attendance ever because so many people went to see it
0: and i also hope that since the taylor swift experience in la is closing soon that some of those items might come to nashville
2: oh yeah well taylor had a busy week touring she was in kansas city for two nights and on the first night she sang You Belong With Me as the secret song on the B stage. And then she brought out Dirks Bentley as her special guest. And they sang Every Mile of Memory. I was very jealous that I didn't get to see this because I love Dirks. I
0: was very surprised too.
1: Yeah, I don't think many people were expecting that because you think, you know, an arena in the Midwest, you know, it's not Nashville, it's not LA. You didn't think they would get a guest, but they did. Yeah, I
2: think now that there aren't as many stadium tours because it's getting to be fall, maybe she's just getting bored and she loves having the guests, so she's just going to add them to some arenas. For example, Columbus, the first night she didn't have anyone and the second night she did. And she did the same here. The second night in Kansas City, she did not have a special guest. She sang 15 as the secret song and she met Todrick Hall, who if you haven't seen yet, he has this viral YouTube video and he does a mashup of a lot of different Taylor songs and it's incredible. It's so good. If you haven't watched it yet, go watch it now.
0: I just, after watching it, can't even comprehend how he even did that.
2: It synced up so perfectly. It would have taken me a year to do it and it wouldn't be good at all.
1: Just the editing alone must have taken forever, let alone figuring out how to mash up all those songs together.
0: I think he does have a team helping him because he also has an MTV show that's on right now. Oh, what's the show? I think the show is just called Todrick, and it's basically a reality show about him and some friends making
1: videos.
2: Oh, wow.
1: And I did look him up earlier, and I didn't know this, but he did very well on American Idol about four or five six years ago or something like that
2: no oh. was he in the top 10 or something
1: uh, i think he only got to like the top 15 or so maybe top 20
0: oh wow but isn't it interesting how runner-ups on american idol often do so much better than the winners oh yeah they do well the next piece of news is that taylor is number six on fortune's list of 40 under 40 which ranks the most influential young people in business. And how is she not number one? (laughs) I'm confused. I don't know. I, I don't know. She should be number one.
2: Well, she's only 25. So maybe she'll be number one before she hits 40. True.
1: And then Taylor had her two shows in Nashville this past weekend, and they were absolutely epic. Starting with the first one, she had three special guests. First was Kelsey Ballerini and her and Taylor sang her song Love Me Like You Mean It. Second was Steven Tyler from Aerosmith, and they sang their hit classic I Don't Wanna Miss a Thing. And the third was Alison Krauss, and they sang Nothing at all, which is one of her songs. So what'd you guys think about those guests?
3: That was crazy. What a crazy night. I'm speechless. When Taylor came up and started playing the piano, you couldn't really tell what song it was at first. And then she really got into it and I just started bawling because I knew Allison Krauss was coming out and I knew it was going to be epic.
0: Yeah, I was watching the Periscope of it and I suspected there might be another guest. But then it was so exciting when she came up on the piano and you were trying to figure out what she was playing. And also, that whole performance just made me wish that there was more piano on the tour, because one song is not enough.
2: That's true. It is always cool to see her have a special guest when she's on the piano, like John Legend is another example.
0: And it also gives us more time to see her in that outfit, which I love.
2: Me too. And of course, everybody loves the piano. The alien space piano. (laughs)
1: And how about that experience for Kelsey? She met Taylor eight years ago in a meet and greet line, and now she was singing on the stage with her.
3: And Taylor called her her little sister. There is no higher compliment than
0: anyone
2: else could ever want. No. Kelsey has always said that she's always been a fan of Taylor's, and Taylor kind of inspired her to really pursue music, and she writes her songs, and... I think that as we get older, we're going to see so many more people flooding music who have been influenced and inspired by Taylor. And that's just really exciting because you think back, Taylor always says she was inspired and influenced by people like Shania Twain and Dixie Chicks. And soon we're going to have all these people who are influenced by Taylor. And that's just such a great compliment to her and just shows how she's really changed music the world the world yeah
0: (laughs) and also during the steven tyler performance i noticed that she was in a slightly different outfit
3: yeah silver with a lot of tassels so is
2: that your favorite now out of that style
3: outfit
0: no my favorite is definitely the bluish one
2: yeah that's my favorite too
0: And after having seen it up close, which I'm so grateful I did, I just want her to be in it for the whole show until she changes into the pink shake it off.
1: (laughs) You need to coordinate her whole wardrobe.
0: Well, Denver was like the best night ever because I didn't really know if she would wear that outfit again. And then she did for style. And then when she wore pink shake it off, I was like, this is the best night of my life.
2: (laughs) Well, The appearance by Steven Tyler was just crazy. Taylor has been a fan of I Don't Want to Miss a Thing for a long time. She's actually tweeted about it several years ago. I think 2012, maybe? Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool that Taylor's not necessarily picking the most popular song of the moment. She picks the songs that mean a lot to her.
0: Well, at first on this tour, it did seem like she was only picking what was popular at the
2: moment. Sometimes, but even if you look at People like the Bam Perry, which, again, is closer to the end of the tour, I guess. But If I Die Young isn't the newest song from the Bam Perry. And I don't even know that it was their biggest hit. Maybe it was. But um, I like that throughout all of her tours, she at least tries for some surprise artists to pick songs that mean a lot to her. And this actually reminded me. I Don't Want to Miss a Thing was actually written for the movie. Armageddon and it was actually written by Diane Warren and when she sang this it just reminded me that in 2014 Diane Warren said she wrote a song with Taylor and I'm still waiting to hear it so I don't know the I don't want to miss a thing made me think of that and now it's bothering me because Diane Warren clearly has very good songwriting chops and putting her with Taylor they must have created something insane and we may never know what it was.
1: And lastly, for night one in Nashville, the secret song was You Belong With Me. Again.
0: I'm really waiting for that one, guys. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. Taylor obviously has the right to play whatever she wants, and I know she has good reason for it, but sometimes I'm just like, really? Really?
2: I really thought for Nashville, she would maybe break out Tim McGraw. It would have been the perfect place.
0: I was expecting the real Tim McGraw to be there.
3: That would have been cool. Well, in night two in Nashville, she had two guests. The first one was Leona Lewis, and they sang Bleeding Love. And the second was Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones, and they sang Satisfaction.
2: That was just crazy. I'm very sad that we missed out on that, but I'm glad that Ashley got to see it. And I hope next week she'll be able to tell you guys about it.
1: And that was cool because in 2013, the Rolling Stones and Mick Jagger invited Taylor to Chicago to perform with them. And now she returned the favor by having him to Nashville.
2: Yes. And when the Rolling Stones invited her, she tweeted something like, Never in my wildest dreams. And then there he is with her just two years later. And the fact that they sang Satisfaction, that's such an iconic song and... I can't imagine what it would have been like to be there live.
0: And so she also had a slightly new outfit for that performance.
1: She did. It was the Bad Blood outfit.
2: Yeah, I think the way that it's cut is different. It has different cutouts than the typical one. And I think this is also the outfit she was using during rehearsals, which actually were in Nashville and also partly in Pennsylvania. But maybe she just forgot about... That outfit, and then when she came back to Nashville, remembered it or something. I don't know. This was, I think, aside from rehearsals, the first time that we've seen it.
3: Also, for night two in Nashville, the secret song was 15, and Taylor ended up singing it directly to Abigail, who was in the audience that night. That was really cute.
1: For that one, we totally understand why she sang 15.
0: The number one thing I wanted to happen at the show that didn't was Abigail to walk the runway during style.
2: Oh, yes. I wonder if she thought it was weird to see herself on the screen when she's talking.
0: Yeah, because she's not probably as used to it as some of the more famous friends are. Right. Lily
2: Aldridge was there on Friday.
0: She's been there several times and she's never walked the runway. and I'm a little disappointed. Yeah.
2: I don't know why. Well, Taylor has a busy schedule coming up. On September 28th and 29th, Taylor will be in St. Louis at the Scott Trade Center. And by the time you hear this episode, those shows will have already happened. So hopefully she'll have some surprises in store. And those will be the final dates for Heim as an opener. Then on October 2nd and 3rd, Taylor will be in Toronto at the Rogers Center. On October 8th, she'll be in Des Moines at the Wells Fargo Arena. And then on October 9th and 10th, she will be in Omaha at the CenturyLink Center.
0: I strongly feel there should be a petition to get Haim to open at the last show.
2: Yeah, I feel like they should be at the last show. It's so sad to think their part on the tour will be ending now. It just shows that the tour is very quickly winding down.
1: Yeah, didn't Taylor say in Nashville that there's only 15 shows left?
2: Don't talk about
0: that.
1: (laughs) That's sad.
2: It is. Very depressing.
0: Well, now we're going to move on to some mini segments. Our first Swifty problem is from Fearless Whovian on Twitter. It's been a month, but I'm still suffering from concert hangover from the 1989 tour. Same. (laughs) Same.
1: Our next one comes from APW underscore 80. Can't sleep. I don't even get this excited about Christmas. 1989 tour Nashville won't be much fun if I'm sleep deprived. Hashtag Swifty Problems.
3: I bet it was still fun. Well, the next one I could totally relate with. It's from Out of the Woods, 83. I would literally give anything to be in Nashville right now. Swifty Problems, 1989 tour Nashville.
0: I felt the same way. I was very sad I wasn't there. It seemed like the whole city was celebrating
2: the shows. Yeah, there was so much going on all over the place.
1: And a bunch of fans even got to meet Scott Borchetta, including our host Ashley.
2: Yeah, and there were special Taylor cookies at the Big Machine store.
0: Next tour, I have a pretty good feeling that we will be there.
2: Nashville is one of those places where it's good to see Taylor there. Even if she's not country, it's still where she started, and it's just an important place. Our last Swifty problem for the week is from Vinny on Twitter, and he said, Trying to convince my mom to buy B-Stage pit tickets to St. Louis is the hardest thing I've ever done. It's worth it, though. Oh, definitely worth it. I hope it works out for you.
0: And now we have a lot of fashion from the recent shows. Our first outfit is from Loft 89 in St. Paul, Minnesota on September 12th. On this night, Taylor wore a Brandy Melville Hannah top, which is sold out, with Urban Outfitters BDG Dolphin Pinup Shorts, which are on sale for $29. And for shoes, she had the Steve Madden Concord Rhinestone Loafers, which are really cute, and those are $80.
1: Our next one comes from Loft 89 in Columbus on September 17th. Taylor was wearing Urban Outfitters BDG four-pocket pin-up corduroy shorts in black multi, originally $49 on sale for $29. Also, an American Apparel two-by-one rib long-sleeve crop top, $32. And her shoes were Office Right on Time black suede platforms. Originally 65 euro on sale for 36 euro, but currently out of stock.
3: Our next one comes from Loft 89 in Kansas City on September 21st, and she wore a Ronnie Cobo Rosabella open stitch crop top, which is normally 288 dollars. It's on sale for 8640, and it's a final sale.
2: And our next one is from September 22nd in Kansas City, when she was with Todrick Hall, and she was wearing a Brandy Melville Kenzie Stripe Top, which is only twenty dollars.
0: And our last piece of fashion is from Loft 89 in Nashville on September 25th. She looked really cute in plaid. I really liked this. Um, she had on the Rails Hunter Long Sleeve Button Down Shirt, and the color is wine slash ivory. And that's $137. And I just thought it was such a cute fall outfit. I love when the rare times we get to see her wear jeans
3: or pants. Yeah, I really like this shirt. I was like, ooh, I'm going to go buy that. And then I saw the price tag. And I was like, ooh, no. There have to be other really similar looking shirts out there. Well, yeah. Plot is very similar.
0: Well, thank you to Tay Swift Style for tracking all of those outfits down. And... Now we're going to move on to our main discussion, which we just wanted to go a little more in detail with Ryan Adams' 1989 and what we all thought about it, because that was definitely the hottest topic of the week. So when I first heard that he was going to be making this album, I was a little confused just about why, really. But after listening to it, I think that he did a really good job with just putting a totally different sound on each song that resulted in like a totally different emotional feeling about each song.
1: Yeah. Well, the first thing I guess I wanted to ask you guys was, are you, are any of you familiar with his own music? Um, I know he's been around for a long time and he's had some popularity in the past, but me personally, I am not familiar with his uh, work. Are you guys?
3: I had no idea who he was until Taylor started tweeting about him.
0: I knew of him, and I've heard his version of the song Wonderwall, which I like, though I'm confused about who the original artist on that actually is, and they probably will get tweets informing me that I'm stupid.
1: The Oasis song? Oasis, yeah.
0: Oasis is the original. That's what I thought, but I wasn't 100%. He also has a version of it. That was really the only thing I had heard from him.
2: Yeah, I had never heard of him, I feel like Ashley said, kind of stupid about that, but because he's been around for so long and I just, maybe if I heard some of his older songs, I would know some of them, but the name didn't ring a bell.
0: I knew he was really famous. I just didn't know what for, basically.
1: Yeah, one of my friends told me to go check out his album called Heartbreaker, which I have not done yet, but I guess that's one of his popular albums.
2: Do you know how long ago that was? 2000. Oh. So that was in 2000. I was mostly listening to country music. I'll just blame it on that. That's why I didn't know who he was. But I'm glad that we get to see what his music is like now. And like Adam said, we're going to go check out some of his older music now, too.
0: So according to Wikipedia, he's produced albums for Willie Nelson, Jenny Lewis, Fallout Boy. And he's also collaborated with people including Counting Crows, Weezer, Nora Jones, and several others. So he's done a lot. And he also was, for several years, a member of the band The Cardinals.
1: Also, looking at some more information about him, um, I think he knows what he's doing because he's been nominated for a lot of awards, including five Grammy Awards. Five nominations, no wins. But uh, still, that's always good to get nominations.
0: I feel like, just in general, Even if I don't know much about an artist, there's nothing really to make me that interested in them. I trust Taylor's taste so much that if she tells me to like something, I'm going to at least give it a chance.
2: That's a really good point. Taylor usually never leads us astray with her tastes in music.
0: Like, I know I saw a lot of people
2: tweeting like,
0: uh, wasn't planning to check out this album, but Taylor says to, so Okay. (laughs)
1: And here's another random tidbit. I don't know if you guys knew this, but Ryan Adams first became interested in Taylor Swift's album while coping with the collapse of his marriage to Mandy Moore.
0: Oh, poor Mandy. I love her.
2: Oh, that's right. He was married to Mandy Moore.
0: I saw a tweet that said right after this came out, I wonder if this album has ruined Taylor Swift for Mandy Moore (laughs) because she's very feminist girl power all about writing songs i love all of her work and i bet she likes taylor so i i wonder what she thought about this
2: yeah that's an interesting thing i i knew mandy was married to him but i just now i'm putting two and two together now that you said that adam that's interesting it just shows taylor's music can help you through anything in life no matter what your age gender anything you know it's always there for you
1: Absolutely. This is the definite proof. Whenever anybody tells you that Taylor's songs are only for teenage girls, you tell them that Ryan Adams, a 40-year-old man, was affected by it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And any time that I've looked into a song or an artist on Taylor's recommendation, I've never really regretted it.
2: Never. Yeah.
0: Even just with the special guests from this tour, I've gotten into more music, I feel like.
1: So what were your guys' favorite, if you could pick one, what was your favorite song off of Ryan Adams' 1989?
3: I wish you would. I like that he made it sound a lot like a song that could be played in a movie. Well, that's ironic because it already
0: was on Taylor's version. The song that sounded the most like that.
3: Yes, but he made it sound so mellow, and then I could see in the movie someone turning around and... I could picture it more than Taylor's. I could see Taylor's being played, like, at the end of a movie. I could see this one playing during the movie.
2: That makes sense. Did you envision an 80s movie?
3: Yes, actually. Oh, okay.
0: I constantly just wish John Hughes was still alive and could make more of these movies because I feel like we need them. And we need Taylor's songs in them. And I just think, overall, the whole album sounds a lot like that. and. The whole album sounds a lot more, I guess, typically 80s, if that makes sense. Like 1989 sort of had a more contemporary sound, but I think he gave it a vintage sound, if that even makes sense.
2: No, I think that describes it really well. It's just interesting how he made each song so different.
0: Welcome to New York is probably one of my favorites on his version. When I first heard Taylor's version, I kind of thought it was just okay. It kind of fell short of my expectations. But then when it was on tour, of course, now I love it so much. And I'll always associate it with the amazing memories of tour. And then this version, really, I felt like captured the New York vibe very well.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with that. When I first heard Welcome to New York, when it was released before the album even came out, I was a little disappointed because it was Ryan Tedder and I had these really great expectations. I thought it was a great song but I thought it was maybe a little repetitive and of course like Ashley said then when it was on tour it's the first song and so of course it's the best song because Taylor's there and it's one of those songs that really does I think when you think about it capture the spirit of New York but Ryan's version also does that and I think if I compared my reaction to the first listen of Taylor's Welcome to New York and Ryan's, I I don't know, maybe Ryan's met my expectations more than Taylor's.
0: In my mind, I was picturing, when I was listening to it, all of the scenes from Home Alone, Lost in New York. (laughs) But also, I think one of my favorite things on his whole album is that he put the sound of seagulls in, like, the background of a lot of the songs. Did you notice that?
1: No, I don't think I did.
0: I don't know which songs it is. I can't remember now, but in several of them, either in the beginning or the end or somewhere throughout the song, you hear the sounds of seagulls. Very cool. Wow. I didn't notice that either. I swear I'm not imagining it. I will determine what song it is and report back.
2: I bet Taylor loves that, especially since she has her seagull in Rhode Island. George Washington,
0: maybe it's him, maybe he had him <laughs> record it.
2: well, if they were could record Taylor's heartbeat, they probably could get George Washington in there and record him. Um,
0: uh, my other favorites, I really like how you get the girl.
2: Do you like it more than Taylor's version?
0: Well, it's kind of almost the same thing I just said about Welcome to New York on Taylor's version of how you Get the Girl. When I first heard it, I really was just like a eh, whatever. It seemed kind of a more shallow song almost. And I think we've talked about before how we feel like the song could have been written a, a couple years ago and doesn't really quite live up to the rest of the album. But then the tour has made me love it. So now I love her version more than I did. Taylor's version is very upbeat and his is the drastic opposite. It's like very melancholy. So it almost feels like they're two different songs.
2: I feel like it's that for a lot of them. It's crazy how he really reimagined the whole album and made it completely different, even though it's all the same songs. I think that shows just how skillful he is. How about you, Adam? What's your
1: favorite? My favorite was Out of the Woods. I liked how it's almost six minutes or maybe it's even slightly over six minutes long. So it's a very long song. It seems mostly acoustic. Um, It's just a guitar and it's very slowed down. Compared to the the fast paced original version. And I just really liked it. It was really nice.
0: I was so curious to see what he was going to do with Shake It Off. Because I felt like. And I still kind of feel like. How could Shake It Off be anything other than. The amazing like pop anthem that it is. You know. Mm -hmm. And I'm not 100% sure how I feel about what he did with it. But I think it works. I think he did a good job with it. But then I also feel like just for that specific song, when you strip away the upbeat, poppiness of it, I think it loses a lot.
2: Yeah, I think so too. Like you said, Shake It Off is really an anthem. I feel like it's a song
0: that's so perfect it should never be touched.
2: It really is.
0: I mean, I guess I feel that way about all of them. Like if you ask me, should someone remake these songs, I would have said absolutely not. But I like the end result. But I think Shake It Off, I wouldn't even have been upset if he had just skipped it because I feel like it just can't be touched.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking about imagine if next tour, Taylor's doing a secret song and Shake It Off is not in the regular set list. Imagine Shake It Off as a B-stage acoustic song. I don't think it would work at all.
0: I actually disagree. I think it would. Do you? I think there's no way it won't be in the set list ever. I think she'll be playing it at every show for the rest of her life.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be in the set list on next tour, too. But I think it'll be the, you know, a regular pop version, not just a a, her and a guitar.
2: She actually did an acoustic of Shake It Off. It's a demo. It's on Tumblr. And it is the most incredible thing you'll ever hear.
1: Is it really? Hmm. I guess I've been proven wrong already.
0: I've heard that. And I think it definitely would work as a secret song. I still would prefer a full version. And I think it will be a full performance. But... In her voice, I think she can do whatever she wants with it. But you also have to think that all these songs, all of her songs started with just her and the guitar.
1: That's true. All the pop elements and everything was added later.
0: As far as Brian's version, I think he did the best he could with it, but I think just nothing could live up. So that was my feeling on that. But overall, I just really have a lot of respect for just how much time he took into making each one of these songs their own. And I don't even really want to say for any of them I like his version or Taylor's version better because they really are two entirely different albums just
2: using the same lyrics. Yeah, it really is impossible. I know I said my initial reaction to Welcome to New York was maybe I liked his better, but it's just so hard to compare because they're completely different. And like I said before, I think that's what makes him so talented that He can take this album that's just a complete masterpiece that's just receiving so much acclaim all over the place and selling so many albums, and he took the risk of, I'm going to redo this, and I think it was a big risk, but it worked.
0: Well, it'll definitely be interesting to see if it does end up getting nominated for a Grammy. Just because it's eligible doesn't necessarily mean that it will, but I think it could,
1: Correct. And based on all the the good reviews that it has gotten.
2: Now, what would you think, though, if he and Taylor were against each other and he won? Wouldn't she get a Grammy because she's
1: the writer? Yeah. (sighs) I don't know how that would work.
0: I'm pretty sure and people can correct me if I'm wrong, that album of the year goes to the performer, the artist who actually sings on the album and record of the year goes to the writer of the album.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Yes, I think you're right.
0: However, I just want to say I already feel like the Grammy Academy has, I don't want to say a grudge, but almost feels like Taylor's gotten enough and doesn't need any more Grammys because I thought it was ridiculous that Shake It Off didn't get any last year. So I already feel like they're kind of holding back from giving her another. And no matter who wins, I'll be very upset if she doesn't get one.
2: I'm with you on that, but I think. Things are going to change this year. I think maybe Shake It Off was, I don't know, the album was still new and they just didn't want to give her credit for it. But now the album's been out for almost a full year. By the time nominations are out, it will have been out for over a year. It's been in the top 10 for 48 weeks since the first week it was released. I don't know how they can't give her anything. It just would be a crime if she does not get a single Grammy for this album. I think on a previous episode, I said how when Taylor brought out Alanis Morissette and I said, Jagged Little Pill was one of those albums that just everybody had, everybody knew what it was and it won all these Grammys. And 1989 is just like that. We haven't had an album like this in years where everybody, no matter your age, gender, everybody has it. Everybody knows what it is. And I would just be devastated if they don't give her anything it would not make any sense at all
1: yep i agree after being shut out last year i think she gets some this year
2: i'm still mad that speak now never got anything as an album i'm still mad that red didn't get album of the year that too and i feel like in those years they did think she already won all those grammys for fearless let's just sort of give it to somebody else kind of a thing but i feel like enough time has passed if that is something actually that they take into account which is absurd i think but this album just really transcends all other albums so i think that the grammys of 2016 should be a good night for taylor
0: Well, I'm sure that most of you guys have probably listened to the Ryan Adams album. So let us know what you think. We always love to hear it. You can tweet us at SwiftCast13 or you can email us at theswiftcast13 at gmail.com and tell us your thoughts. And you can also reach us on Instagram at theswiftcast13, facebook.com slash theswiftcast and everything is on our website at swiftcast13.com. And if you are not subscribed to us, you should hit the subscribe button on iTunes. That will download the latest episodes for you automatically whenever they come out. And we have some exciting ones coming up soon, so you'll definitely want to do that. And also, now iTunes only shows our last 100 episodes. So if you want to go back and listen to anything older than that, you can do that on our website. So what do we think Taylor will do this week?
2: Obviously, she's going to invite us all to her wedding. Oh, yeah. Didn't you say she has 450 guests?
1: Yes. Mm
2: -hmm. I'm sure most of it is fans. Yeah. I
0: mean, she's probably going to do a big reveal on Twitter of who the 14 bridesmaids are.
1: Yeah, like the bad blood posters.
0: (laughs) Now, come on. If she was really getting married, it would be 13 bridesmaids, not 14. Duh. (laughs) They didn't even get that detail right. So true. I wonder where she's registered. Is there like a cat website?
1: (laughs) For cat gifts.
2: (laughs) Seriously though, I don't know what she's gonna do. I think she might have some guests for St. Louis. Carly Kloss is from St. Louis, so I'm kind of wondering if she'll show up. Although by the time you hear this, you'll know. Well,
0: I am very curious because on both the Speak Now tour and the Red tour, she had Nelly as the special guest in St. Louis, which is where he's from.
2: That could be good. Maybe he'll be a third time appearing guest. He would be the first one. Yeah. Nelly now always reminds me of the bonus 1989 album for Blank Space when she's there with Martin and Shellback and she says, this is like a 2000 Nelly's track <laughs> when they were making all the sounds.
1: Well, coming up is the Rogers Centre in Toronto, and that is a bigger stadium. Um, it is a baseball stadium, so I guess it's bigger than an arena. So maybe Toronto will get special guests, being that there's two shows. Uh, one person I can think of that's from Canada. Um, I don't know if he would necessarily be a good tour guest, but it's Drake. She loves Drake.
0: Taylor is a huge Drake fan. I think she was just telling someone in a meet and greet about that.
1: Maybe then. I don't know. I really don't know any of his music, so I don't know if it would translate to a good performance, but...
0: I am 1000% sure that if she can perform Trap Queen, she can perform anything.
1: Correct. That's what I was just about to say. She's had some other guests like Fetty Wap and Trap Queen, so I think she could do anything.
2: Adam, I really thought you were going to say Justin Bieber
1: there. (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah he is from canada
2: and avril Levine, right is she from canada
1: yes she is Mm -hmm.
2: she is we know that
0: taylor apparently will even have repeat guests within the tour so
2: yeah although i don't i don't think avril will come back
1: and also um isn't shania twain from canada yeah that would be crazy
3: i would die to see her and taylor together
1: so lots of options. We'll see if we get in, got any of them right.
0: My final prediction is that because St. Louis is Heim's last show, I have a feeling there will be some sort of prank situation.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good point.
0: Either tailor to them or them to Taylor. I just have a feeling there's going to be something. Well, we can't wait to find out how right or how wrong we are. And we will tell you guys next week. But for now, for episode 125, this has been Ashley, Adam, Haley, and Steph. And we'll see you guys next week.
3: Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. The theme song for SwiftCast was written and performed by Sydney and Chuck. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or Thirteen Management.